streamer live well welcome everybody to another real talk with rob tavi today i have a good friend in the industry pneumonia how are you brother well hi rob thanks for uh thanks for having me uh everything's great here uh good to be back again appreciate the invite yeah, no, I'd love to have you on. I remember last, but a little about a year ago, you were on and told a little about a background story, who you, what you do and what you are. And I'm excited to learn really what's going on currently at Octopart in the digital world, living off of the data and uh, and everything going on in our electronics uh, supply chain world. I mean, we're kind of post-pandemic moving forward. But uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who, who you are, what you do at Octopart? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've been uh, in this industry almost 15 years now, um, you know, worked on the distribution side uh, of electronic components uh, as well and, and on the advertising side of things, you know, and, and today at, at I've been with Octopart for about uh, two years uh, and, um, you know, I, I help um, our component manufacturer and, and distribution partners essentially as an extension of their team, right, to, to optimize and maximize their presence in the digital world, uh, you know, serving uh, as a consultant to, to the executive management and, you know, helping them, you know, put the right products on the shelf, uh, rank competitively within Octopart search engine, uh, you know, maximize their revenue month over month. Uh, so really, you know, utilizing the data, um, data sets, um, and, and and making sure they're, that you know every single one of my partners positioned for a for a win. Yeah, I mean, today in the world of data technology, living in a virtual world, the pandemic has you know really ignited us into this the launch pad for all the digital world and how we're processing everything. So, and at Octopart, um, what is exactly what are the, what are the vehicles or the channels Octopart uh, touches the industry with? Yeah, so this is very interesting. I think you know. This is something I, I really want to spend a little bit of uh, about time uh, uh, talking about something like this because traditionally people have thought of Octopart as just an Octopart.com, right? We, we we come to Octopart, we search for a part number, you know, we see who has it in stock, at what price, and all of the above that you know that it comes to to it as a data aggregator site where you know people can find it from data sheet to tech specs to ECAD, uh, you know, to to price and quantity, uh, but. One thing that people have, have missed out on uh, a lot is that the, the syndication and ecosystem uh, of, of Octopart overall, right? To the power of our API, you know, Octopart syndicates to about 5,000 OEMs, right? Uh, and contract manufacturers. Octopart also powers through our API, something called these days called Nexar API, which, you know, we're going to spend some time talking about. But traditionally, the Octopart API has powered Altium Designer, right, instance, uh, and, and Altium you know, 365, the, the cloud uh, instance of the Altium Designer software, uh, where, you know, 250,000 engineers design board levels, right? So, so the, the reach of Octopart is way beyond just Octopart.com. So that's kind of something that, that's exciting to us and that's something of fortunate business we're trying to educate people on because once you're a partner with us you go global and you go to a very broad ecosystem yeah so why don't you take a step back and describe a little bit of alt because altium of course is, is the parent of octopart so altium is Correct. an engineering platform that was first created and is a public company 
So how how does how does that, right. that that work with the different business units and how Altium has powered now for the all octopart stuff? Yeah, let me let me give you a little bit of about you know perspective um, on, on on Altium, and I think this is a good good uh, topic to to discuss for the people who have not met with us at, at you know at EDS this year. So essentially, here's the corporate breakdown. Right, Altium is a parent company, uh, being the the largest printed circuit board design software in the world um you know any oem uh, you can imagine that uses and component manufacturers use altium to design pcbs um so where octopart fits into that ecosystem we divided the altium business units into two major groups uh one being the altium traditional board and system levels, right? It has Altium Designer Software, has Altium 365, which is the cloud version. You know, you no longer need to sit at a desktop. You can log in from any location, which is the only and first cloud uh, PCB design software to exist today. Um, and then on the other side of the business unit, you have something that's called Nexar, okay. right? And Nexar is essentially our supply chain and intelligence portion of the business uh, where Octopart essentially sits within the Nexar business unit. Um, and Nexar API, right, being the one that, you know, if you think about one, two, right, Nexar API really connecting the entire ecosystem, right? That's, you know, API itself, right, integrates all the supply chain information and design uh, information into the whole global ecosystem that's powered through our API. Yeah, so basically you have your own, I would say technology stack and the API transfers data between all the different units of, and, and it, it aggregates the data and then puts it into a form or a, I would say a UI basis that the user can ask and request and query different data that they need to build their whatever product or PC board or component they need for the design. Absolutely. No, you, 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 I think you nailed it because I think we're very uniquely positioned, uh, in the industry to 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 be really the the voice of, of what is going on in the market right uh when you look at it from this perspective right, you have traditionally people thought hey we have altium we have octopart and we've been really good about aggregating that data but not really knowing how to manage and how to help people with it so uh, we have built a product uh, that's called spectra which we're going to talk about um and and ultimately, what you what you can see, right? <clears throat> Think of it from the perspective. Well, we have Altium, right? Uh, we know what part has been placed into the design at the moment of a design in, right? And you're talking about you know 250,000 licenses, major right OEMs, largest some of the largest OEMs in the world using Altium. So we know what parts go into the design at the moment. The engineer places the board uh, into the bomb, right? And then at the same time, right, you have Octopart sitting on the other side of the of the uh, of that spectrum, which talks about well, the demand signal. Right, we know what parts uh, are being clicked on, what parts have been demanded. We know the global inventory levels, right, for every part number, uh, and we analyze that data sets daily. And then lastly, right, uh, you know, we we created a product called Ultimate, which essentially connects. Uh, or ends the cycle, right? You have this Altium on the design side, you have Octopart or Nexar sitting in the middle on the supply chain side of things. And then Ultimate is, you know, we partnered with a, with a company called Macrofab. I'm not sure if, you, if you're familiar with them. And uh, 
where engineers can place a, um, a design a board in Altium software, right? See all the supply chain information within the Altium designer dashboard, A365 dashboard, and then click on buy with Ultimate, which means that that product now goes into, into uh, through our API, goes into Macrofab, where we can produce uh, a prototype board for them on the spot and then release it for the mass production. Right? Oh, wow. So we know the demand the, the design signal, the demand signal, the production signal, right? Where, where Macrofab essentially connects with all the uh, contract manufacturing partners who would then, you know, bid for bid to, to produce the prototype boards for, for our customers, essentially completing the cycle. Right? And I don't think anybody is as uniquely positioned industry to, to see that uh, data set, but also uh, uh, also help people on the on the demand side of things. Right, refer continuing to do what we do the best: refer traffic, send traffic to people for purchase orders, so they can acquire new customers, etc. Mill, you know, one one thing that you did hit on is is having the engineers or the companies or the OEMs in general. I mean, you, you can give them all the data except for, is this project going to go from pilot run to production? You just, that's a sales side. Like, oh, is this demand in the market? But you can do everything to that point. You can't control those for us, but you can give the data of what, to what key principles, what manufacturers, what components are being designed in, what the potential could be for the production. Um, or do they, do you get those production numbers? I mean, how do you get that data of what the volume would be for specific items? A really good point you bring up. So <laughs> to kind of put a cherry on, on, on top with this, we yeah. just uh, came up with a product that we uh, actually finished. Uh, we finished two beta uh, projects with uh, two very large OEMs. And what we have done with them is we took their master bomb and we created, um, and we created a product where we would essentially uh, uh, analyze their bomb. It's called uh, you know, bomb resilience. Right? Okay. And uh, we would uh, really, you know, seeing how resilient your bomb is to the current industry standard uh, and the current industry, you know, volume of, of, of demand and supply. Uh, so we would take the, the, the master bomb, run it through our systems, uh, which we now kind of have a stand, standard model of how to actually accomplish that. And we turn the, the master bomb to you saying, well, out of all these parts that you see, and out of all these approved vendors that you use, right, uh, here is, you know, so here's an index we call P65, meaning procurability 365. How many times this part on your master bomb has been, uh, uh, was able to be procured, right, uh, in, the, in one uh, year period? And at this particular moment, uh, you can see uh, how many pieces of that part number uh, in the market and out of these, for example, four alternates that you might have on your bomb, uh, three, uh, three are really no good because their procurability 365 has been at the index of 0 0.5, right? So parts that you might want to expedite no longer need to be uh, expedited. And the parts that you, you wanted to expedite now need to be back in an in a alternate. So for those, that, those device, I mean, that software or that uh, that data, the data you can provide to the user from that end. Mm -hmm. Because again, you're, you're talking about like, okay, you can tell them, this is the part we're designing in, there's there's three or four alternatives. And then through that, you can also give them a life cycle of those, right? The life cycle information, how long they've been in the industry, like that, that's the type of information you also feed to the engineers, correct? 
Correct, right? And that product has specifically been designed for for an OEM or a contract manufacturer. Right. So we're really seeing that the cake. Well, based on the current data set in the in the in the industry supply and demand index, uh, this is how you stack up. This is how procurable your bill of material actually is. Uh, which people, you know, on the beta couple of beta tests we ran, we've seen massive increases in efficiency when it comes to sourcing and prioritizing what parts to order uh, and, and, and how, how to actually position alternates uh, and, and approach alternates in the market and prioritize them versus not. Yeah, because the biggest thing right now, law companies since the pandemic happened, this big supply chain issues, lead time issues is it all starts from the engineer. And I think in the past, in the traditional way, engineers had a library. They would just use products in their library. They won't ever go outside of that because there's certain reps, relationships they had. But today, the biggest challenge is that library is it's not up to stand. I mean, there, there's obsolescence. There's also lead time issues. They don't have multiple AVLs. So now it's a directive that the engineer to do more work and to say, hey, we, we need to design two to three alternatives for this one item. And that's the biggest thing because it starts from engineering because sometimes when it goes to engineering, then it goes to sourcing and then the sourcing goes to purchasing and then that's where it gets stopped and then it goes all the way back. So I think a lot of companies today, they want to recreate the model of how they design a product in, onto the board is starting from that point of, of the conception and the MPI, new product is to have that alternatives on each product that goes onto that, whatever product they're making. Uh Exactly. Right. And, and, and that was one of the problems we, we, we've tried to solve. Right? As you can see now, you know, and, and last time we spoke about a year ago, uh, we talked about that, that, you know, traditionally, this has been the business. We've been really good about having you know, Octopar.com on its own, right? having Altium be the, you know, the premier product when it comes to the printed circuit board design. But one thing that we realize is we have this massive inflow of data uh, that, we, that can really help people at any level of any organization, you know, regardless if you're a distributor, component manufacturer, right, or, or a OEM or a contract manufacturer, because uh, that's that one problem that you're solving at the designing stage when an engineer uses the Altium Designer 365 um, software is now they have uh, information on procurability, right? They, they know the, the, the demand and they know the supply in uh, Altium Designer, right? They know how many pieces of each parts are currently in the market because Nexar's API powers that, right? So you can just click on a supply chain tab within your design environment and see, well, out of this piece that you're trying to design in, uh, this is how many are open. This part is actually high risk or a medium risk. Uh, you might want to consider sourcing for or designing an alternate. Uh, at the designing stage, to your point, right? and then once the bomb, you know bill of material bomb goes into the the production and and you know it's offloaded to a sourcing team or a materials team, then it's right. Then the 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 the, the Nexar API again has a different role uh, in helping those people source the bomb effectively. Yeah, I mean uh, that there's a lot of things we're we're covering a lot of the future technology and data that's been going on in the market and industry today. Because again, I want to take a step back in the traditional model. Traditional model is, in our industry, unfortunately, manufacturers, wasn't a lot of sharing of data. You know, big things that I always say is democratization of data. Correct. And the things that we've gotten to this last few years, we've seen is because of that, 
the data, the people not understanding data, how to measure it or how to put it. Again, there are a certain niche of the maybe five to one to 5% of, of OEMs that have that. The ma big majority, 90% do not. They, they go per project. Their systems are not um, up to date. Their ERP, their MRP software systems, they're not running the latest and greatest SAPs sometimes in these oracles. They, these middle-sized, especially middle-sized companies, they don't have that right. infrastructure. So they run off, honestly, sometimes that we all know they have older systems, a lot of Excel base, and this data, it doesn't go into a database really. So they can't really articulate and aggregate it to use it to their advantage. So it goes by customer. And that's one thing that I think I want to talk to, to step on, um, to, to hit is how the industry has shifted in the last, say, two decades to where we are today of being more data intelligence and how it's much more important. Because it first started with, Two decades ago, or about 25 years ago, was having search engines. Okay, everybody can post inventory and distributors can post it online. The e-commerce came about, right? That all came to that area where that became a big, oh, we can buy online or we can see part number search or we can find all this. But again, it wasn't being used to the point of using that data. They were just buying as as needed, buying as as the And the, the distributors on the back end, people who had these websites were actually they were getting their advantage because they were seeing what the user habits are, who's buying what, where it's going. And where we are today is coming to, because everything in, in our supply chain of components is not just the product, it's a lot of logistics, the subcons, the process, and everybody's antiquate into this is everybody has to transition into these data-focused systems to be able to make, to, re to reduce the amount of error that happens. Yes. And improve the efficiencies. Exactly. You know, wherever you are, right? And I think I think one challenge we and you touched upon it first is we actually use that phrase often here at Octopart. That is actually our initial job was to democratize data. And I think we have already solved that problem, right? You can go to Octopart today uh, and search for anything you want, uh, any part number, and we're going to give you pretty much everything you need to make a decision whether that part should be placed on the shelf. Should you purchase that part? Because one, one latest feature we opened up on Octopart publicly, and don't forget, that's all free. It's free for our user, right? Uh, you can go to octopart.com, search for a part number, and we opened up a, a inventory historical inventory trend for one year and three-month period. Uh, now you can see, uh, you know, well, this part has been in stock. This is how much the stock has uh, of that part has performed within a three or a month period or a year? Is it up? Is it down? So data sheets, technical specs, like everything's, uh, everything's in there. So I think the democratization of data has been solved. Now, what we are, are, are trying to solve and, and, and are doing so successfully is uh, really having the ability to customize the data set that you need to help you save on cost or increase revenue right, or grow your business in, in any aspect, what part to design in. We sit uh, uh, you know, in a very unique space to, to really modify our, our API sits in a GraphQL technology. So we get, you know, we can dissect and uh, any piece of information, apply it to you the way you want it to help you grow. Yeah, so that's what I wanna ask you is to the customer, because you work with both the distribution the component manufacturers and the OEM who make the product itself. Throughout these different, I would say, verticals or pillars of, of or on the EMS, the subcontract mm -hmm. manufacturer too, 
what is the general consent of each one of them and what they are doing to move forward in this world or what are they trying to do? What I mean, there's people that are there, but there's people trying to get there. What's the biggest challenge to convert to a digitalized infrastructure for their users and engineers? Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, it's been not, it's been not easier than, than, than ever when it comes to the technology stack integration because everybody has real, I think pandemic changed a lot of that uh, very fast very effectively uh you know you're talking you know if i were if i were to mention api maybe even three years ago people would look at me like what you know very few distributors at the time had api capabilities of, of providing instantaneous price and quantity of of, of, of the products in their warehouse uh, but today you know you mentioned api i said like, yeah yeah just send me your api credentials are we going to integrate whatever we need so i think uh, uh, people got sophisticated very very fast uh, now, when it comes to, uh, to to the challenges we're seeing, is is you know, in, in some instances, right, technology technology is still not there, right? Uh, it's hand holding the, the which is which is great because they're striving and they want to get there, but it's you know providing more technical support, uh, making sure that, that, that the technology they want can be applicable to their you know PLM system or ERP system, right? but. Ultimately, what, what we're seeing is that, that more people have been reaching out to us than ever before um, and, and, and at any level, and, and which is especially in the OEM side and, and contract manufacturing side. Like cutting the cost and sourcing effectively is, has been, has been a, a product that we really are proud of and we want to help people with those products because there's so much opportunity for it. It's like a massive right cruise ship trying to turn, and I think it has turned already significantly to the point where at least you're able to have a conversation uh, and and integrate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's right. It's turning. I think the challenge is a couple things that we've run this like what to do with the data, and then who's driving the technology and to have the skill set on board in these companies to be able to move it. To um to run either they use the data for through a Power BI system or through a different UI factor or what they're using. I think that's the biggest challenge that people are facing. Like we want the APIs, we want all this, but what do we do with it? How do we work? How is the insights? <laughs> right? Very interesting, actually, hundred percent. And, and <laughs> reason 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 I laugh is because uh, just last week I had a couple of conversations with a few component manufacturers that would say, this is just the best thing we've ever seen in our life, right? Oh my God, we know what parts are you know, being demanded that we make. We know, you know what volume they're in, a, in, a, in the market right now per, per every you know, channel partner. It's great. Uh, however, right, uh, are we gonna put that in a, into our Power BI? Who's gonna use that? Uh, and I, I have a couple of answers for that, but, but, but a couple of them I've got from them was we're actually hiring a business analyst yeah. to help us integrate that data. And a few companies have specifically hired people uh, to help them get. So I think, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more demand for, for business analytics and data analytics in general, knowing how to take raw data and, and, and process it and map it out in a way that you want to see it as an executive or as a procurement officer or as this, you know design engineer, but uh, there's a big demand for, for, for data analytics and, and how to implement it into their systems. The way I see it is, is not just that you can use any signal, demand, supply, uh, you know, or, or, or production from, from our side, but you can also uh, 
segregate that into how that is being used within our organization, right? You can see an overview through our, through our Spectra product. Uh, I encourage everybody to see it. it's free. It's a monthly subscription. It's nexar.com Spectra. Uh, and people can actually download a monthly um, report uh, and, and talks about indexes, which we can touch upon a little bit later. But, you know, you can use an executive overview of what is going on per product category in, a, in an industry. Or, right, you can, you can see the, really get a report mark. So these are the top parts that people wanted to, to procure in the past three months. In a marketing standpoint, well, if you know what the top parts are, you probably want to write, write some content around those parts. Maybe you want to see what your inventory levels are for that part to maybe promote it. Maybe, you know, do some email marketing around it. Or when you look at it from the, you know, from the uh, design engineering standpoint, well, this is the part that, that's been demanded so many times in XYZ period of time. Uh, how's the supply looking? Am I, am I safe to, to continue designing this part in? Right? What is the procurability of this part in a, in a XYZ period of time? So you can kind of see now, yes, you can get a, a data set and then how you want to, to apply it is not just you know, one, one um, size fits all. It's more of a uh, every, every department within an organization can use the same data set completely differently and benefit from it. Yeah, I 100% agree is using it because from sales and marketing to as of today, just like we talk about, but sales and marketing are more aligned than ever. Uh, it, because again, a lot of corporations, the traditional model with sales and marketing are two different departments. They barely communicate with each other. Marketing just gives data to sales, sales market this. And now they're so aligned with the data and insights that they have to work, they, they have to cooperate together to be able to, because sales knows what's happening on the ground. The marketing just has some data so they can align that be able to make a better calculated decision of their strategy and also it comes down to the procurement and sourcing as a distributor or as a manufacturer okay what do we make what do we stock as a distributor what are we going to stock more of what are we going to promote for what's more demanded all these data insights are are driven because i think back in the you know i would say traditionally they come out with a new design or a new product line for a manufacturer we're just going to promote this because this is new generation just keep pushing this to the customer design it and design it in but again, it's, it's that model is completely changed because you also have to listen to what's happening on the ground, what is needed, and what others are doing. And that decentral, that democratization of data is going to allow companies to make better calculated decisions to be successful to grow, move forward. As today is, we're, we're silo-based. Being more silo is going to limit our growth. That's the yes. Challenge. Yeah. A big challenge. And, and, and when, you, when, you, when you look at it, you know, there... There's other, you know, also the other, other spectrum of, of, of looking at this because I think a lean manufacturing had a lot to do with it, right? Nobody wants to uh, these days, uh, I don't want to say put inventory in the shelf because that would be untrue. You know, we all know massive stocking distributors. Uh, but, but traditionally, when you look at a supply chain in general, right, uh, people are trying to, to have a product on the shelf for a very long period of time. And now, right, uh, knowing that our industry is very cyclical, Right. We know that, that there's going to be overbuying in this industry. People are going to end up with massive uh, inventory levels and the demand will shrink at some point. Um, it's going to be very interesting to, to, to see how people then respond to the data sets that, that we send to them and, and how they're going to implement that. It's like, hey, well, this is the part that you, you know, or this sets of parts that you probably want to see. So the, I think the lean manufacturing, people being afraid of, 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 of wanting to have too much on the shelf and end up is going to cause some excess issues, uh, which is going to have uh, 
which is going to be a completely different set of, of topics to talk about, right? Uh, when the overcorrection happens in the market. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that it is the correction happened because I mean, right now we are in exponential growth. Our industry has so much demand. The last two years has pushed us into this technology revolution that uses more components than ever. Um, I mean, mind you, the the scaring and things of the daily day market about what's going on in the industry recession, that's not going to stop what we're doing because digitalization, it's it's not going to stop. The products are how we live our life. So we're in the foundation of those components of hardware. We sell the hardware into the solutions. And as you say, everything in our lives are connected. Everything we do is connected. You cannot live without a cell phone. Everything has an internet connection. So all these things have communication tools between smart homes, smart industrial, smart buildings, aerospace design, medical, electronic vehicles, they all use component hardware. And that is, again, that growth is there, but it's like, how do we bring this, all this information together? A company like Octopart or Altium and Octopart can come in and, and give this data out for these companies to make better decisions of really where is the technology going and where's the life cycle? How do we build better for the future? And that really comes to be is, is that, again, I keep saying that the democratization of, of, your, you know, your your enemy is your best friend, and your it is basically is because we can share data together, and we'll both be able to add higher. And that was the biggest thing of changing that model of of having the supply chain communicate more. And how you said for inventory is liability because it's all about less liability, less liability, maximize cross PPV profit. Of course, we will get to that once the supply kind of catches up to the demand, which will take years ahead. But overall, it's it's that. Uh, price point that we need to be able to stock the right products, not just a lot of products. What is used? What will be used for the future? So not just the EMS, the OEM, and the distributor all can be partners in this instead of pushing liability to each other because of the bottom line. Exactly, which, which you know, it's interesting because to kind of summarize, you know, where, where, where if, if you were to ask me today versus a couple of years ago, you know, what is what is Nexar business unit's mission in general? Like, what do you guys you know do the best? I think it's three very simple points, right? We maximize revenue for our partners. We reduce cost for our partners, <laughs> and we I think uh, democratize in a sense that that uh, people can minimize the risk on their investment. Right? If you know. What what you know? What supplier? In, in, let's say in, 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 in a channel case, a supplier is proposing a certain stocking package, right? and you say, "Well, this is a this has been a high runner for us for so many years. Now, can we can we uh, maybe use Nexar's demand and supply signals on individual set of parts that we want to see what the the market wants, right? And then compare those signals against the, the, the recommended stocking package." What you're getting is a risk minimized decision when it comes to your investment on what product to put on the shelf right you know you can say well how many distributors currently have this part in stock and how many times people wanted to to buy this part in the past two months as the result maybe only two distributors have it in stock demand is high what is the lead time on this part that's information is going to help you potentially make a decision whether you're going to place an order for that part or not. So, so you can see maximizing revenue, reducing cost, and minimizing risk. I think that's that's where I sit in this in kind of middle between really helping people uh, 
make better choices or calculated choices when it comes to their investment and in, in, in their business in general. It's having the information, the data work for you and being proactive, send you those push notifications. As you would say, like we are, our consumer world is B2B is going more to that consumer B2C. It's pushing you data. It's pushing, hey guys, that we have a, a alert. Like this part is high demand. There's only a couple distributors. You can get all this information. If you build the systems intuitively, with a provider like you of giving that data, you guys can get those notifications that the buyers can make better decisions. Management can make better calculated risks of what they're doing for products because of their customer. Because everybody went, if there's a disruption somewhere, is a break. You know, if, you, if you're if you a manufacturer and you cannot ship, you can't invoice, you can't get cash flow, you can't do this process. At the end of the day, those breaks, even with logistics, you can't get the parts in. I mean, those subcons, all these are breaks and that's where the air is. If we can re just reduce the the efficiency of being proactive but again am I, how i say it, it's not the system right now it's changing the culture of how the people think and act it's not about because the system is there it's the way people think and act that that's culture has to it's the toughest change the change management of using data i've been yeah i've been i've been the happiest person you talk to me you know yeah. these days i'm just glowing with happiness of how um excited people are about it. Right? Traditionally, you can talk about these things, which we have been for, for quite some time now, but seeing that people are actually excited about it, people that actually see the benefit of it, people who have already implemented it faster than ever are seeing the benefits of it right now. Uh, there has never been you know, more conversation around democratization of data and, and implementation of data sets to, to make decisions. Uh, ever than, than, than you know than it is today and i've never been busier <laughs> i mean that's what i want to i want to stop and break down there because i'm like thinking like okay let's just break down the product so right now give us a little background of what each product is because you have of course you have octopart and you have nexar and i think you have spectra um these three products what's the difference in them as a user coming to you what would you, you know, as a manufacturer distributor, what, how do they all work together? Do you need all of them or do you need one? So can you explain a little, a macro version of each one of them? Yeah, so, so essentially Spectra is a subset of, 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 of Nexar, one of the Nexar products. So as I said earlier, right, Nexar being a, a division uh, in, the, in the whole Altium you know, ecosystem, having the board and systems divisions of all the traditional design software, right? And then having the Nexar business unit, the, the unit of, of intelligence, data, uh, and, and um, procurement or supply chain. Um, so when you think about Octopart, where Octopart sits in Nexar business unit, Octopart uh, traditionally being the you know, data aggregator site where, where people come search for parts, which is still the core of our business, right? Where we and it's continuing to grow at a massive scale. Uh, you know, we help channel partners uh, with with presenting their inventory and and prices uh, and parts in general, any information of parts to to the open public who is in in uh, need of designing or or um, procuring parts. Uh, staying the same as it always been, continuing to grow, adding more features such as you know stock notifications. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, uh, global uh, inventory levels for uh, you know, one year and three month period uh, for any part. Uh, Spectra, right, moving on being the essentially the subset uh, product of, of, of we have this information, right? 
uh, we have the global feeds, we have the we have the prices and quantities. We see, you know, we see the demand given the 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 number, the volume of people searching searching for for parts on on Octopart. So call that a demand signal, right? It's all aggregated. Now, you know, Spectra being a product of intelligence, right? the data has come to us. Now, how can we help our customers, our partners, global public, right, with, with that information, which goes back to, to how do we dissect the data for your individual needs? Are you interested in supplies? Are you interested in, you know, in, 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 in uh, over... Uh, uh, overreacting to the bomb, right? Analyzing your bomb. Are you interested in supply signals, demand signals? Uh, and that all sits, sits now within our API, uh, which we can essentially export the data set to you, reanalyze the data, send it back to you for action, uh, which again goes back to the point of, you know, imagine having, you know, Octopart has, has 10 years worth of historical inventory data daily. Right. How would you use that? Yeah. Right. For any part or any sub, sub subset of parts you, you're 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 considering using, you know, how would Rob use that? Is is very interesting. Uh, you know, how versus how an engineer would use that. Right. You being the business executive versus how uh, you know your chief procurement officer would use that data set. It might be three completely different answers, but the data is there, and that's what I realized. There's a big need for that. People want it. People have, and people have seen results as a result, you know, really good results as a, uh, in terms of having that data. But how you implement it could go, you know, various ways, which is which is to me very interesting to see. And I always ask that question: Is hey, did you did you, you know, did you get an order because of you know this data set? And they're like, oh, you have no idea. It's been great. Thank you. So it's it's really it's really starting to 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 help people make better choices. I, I cannot agree better. And it's just putting into a system that the user can plug it in and look at it between, just like you say, between the the, the engineer, um, the, des, uh, the the designer, the, some of the engineers, and then the procurement and the distribution. That data is priceless. And having one centralized system that whatever you do, you can get the best information to make a decision and report to your management or to your team. Hey, I got all this data. I have it. It's a source of truth. Again, source of truth and where the source of truth comes from i can give you that so i mean this it, it's i am so excited for the future i there's so much potential what we're doing technology but again it's we have to walk before we run and i think we're still at that walking phase in the industry of putting one foot in front of another and a lot of companies have to be aligned it's not just one person we all have to be aligned and start growing together i mean the the future is is bright but there's a lot of challenges is which one i want to take back to what you're hearing on the ground. I mean, you're talking to a lot of the manufacturers, distributors, and processes. The supply chain disruption lead time is the biggest talk of the town. It's all of the media news, everything. You can't get anything. Inflation because of the cost of products, everything sure. is going up. You guys have probably seen it because of data analytics, all the price increases, all the prices have gone up. You can see on the back end. You're like, oh my God, look what how much you guys can have about analytics. So what are you hearing? I mean, from your end, taking that and here, what are you hearing from the distributors or the ma component manufacturers or the end customer or the main uh, OEMs, what are you hearing from them about the shortage and uh, what their their next year, two years of how long we're going to be in? You know, <laughs> if you were to ask me a year ago uh, when, when when you know the shortage uh, happened, is is I would have told you, well, I you know today I thought we'd be out of it. Here we are in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, 
which is interesting because because what we're trying to solve next, and we're getting pretty close, uh, thanks to the amazing team members we have here on the on the uh, machine learning side of things and, and data scientists at, at, at Octopart are just unbelievable. Uh, so what we're going to start to do is, is try to build a predictability model around spectra, right? And I think, imagine, imagine, right, you have the domain signal, you have the supply signal, uh, combining the two. So you know that, you know, this part has traditionally had, you can start seeing the global inventory levels decreasing for product category, for a specific manufacturer, uh, for an individual part number, analyze it any way you want, narrow it down all the way to the, to the NPN level. Uh, but you see the global inventory levels potentially decreasing. Right? As you start seeing the demand signal on Octopart increasing, we are able to, to actually build a, a, a cross, right? equilibrium of... of, of inflection of, points. There's an inflection. Inflection, inflection yeah. point of where, of where the, 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 an issue, the signal to, to our partners, it may be you know, a couple of months in advance, say, hey, this part, red red signal, right? Stock up, sell out, right? Regardless of, of what we're analyzing, and that's where we headed, right? We're going to get there. But to, to kind of, you know, backtrack, and I think that's the, that's, the, that's the key to solve the issue that you're talking about, right? And we're getting there really close, which, gonna start, which we're going to start talking to uh, about with our partners shortly. But it's, it's just very interesting to, to me, um, of, of how people are going to solve those problems in, in, in general and, and, and what the questions are going to be around it as we as we get closer to to what do we do how are we you know still in the shortage uh, where are we headed uh, at this point I can tell you through, through our analysis is we're seeing that that uh, very few you know uh, when you look at it uh, microcontrollers and processor are still in a major shortage, right? I was just before this call analyzing our April, uh, April uh, um, report, uh, a Spectra report saying that, you know, indexes are, are uh, still growing in terms of demand. The, the supply indexes are still shrinking. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, there's no indication. Else. Certain instances have improved uh, in certain product categories. Uh, but but you know you, you still look at the, the microprocessor and controller uh, category, it's still continuing to decrease. Demand side bookings, as you know, uh, have been stronger than ever. Yet shipments are uh, are extremely low. Right, and 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 how does that impact the business on the channel side and the supplier side? Like, how do you handle potential cancellations? How do you deal with with the problems of you know, this is where you start encountering the, 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 the counterfeit issues and issues of, 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 you know, trying to potentially acquire a part, the open market, you know, in, in, in gray market where, oh, you know, so, so organization, depending on, on, you know, what category of, of, of uh, product uh, development you sit on, you, know, you probably don't want to integrate an aerospace product uh, from the gray market or open source market. So, so people really need to be effective when it comes to how they utilize data, how to acquire parts and get the needed part to continue to move the, the production line without having to stop. I mean, you've seen what happened to the car industry. Yeah, I, we all see it. Trust me, I know. I ordered a car eight months ago and still hasn't come. So 
and it's because it's just they can't build it there's a lot of things i mean we're all in that you know we it doesn't matter we go to the shelves it's the shelves on the market and the pricing inflation we're all feeling it but to summarize what you just said it doesn't look like we're going to see any type of ink you know improvement in the near six months to uh for the it seems like we're going to be at this we're at this phase for probably the next year until this because again it's not just the components because everything saying stays constant it's different is the subcontract is the raw materials we have raw materials issues labor issues there's geopolitical issues it's a ripple effect there's the you know still in some countries especially china the covid zero policy and all the things that happen there these are all ripple effects into the market because all your data it can tell you okay if everything's constant customers can or manufacturer can deliver with this and lead times and these are the products that data is now but all of a sudden Something happens, a geopolitical issue happens, a shutdown happens, a raw material shortage happens. Those all ripple effect into the supply chain. And a lead time that was 12 weeks can now end up being 52 weeks or even longer because of that. And then what happens is demand is still increasing. But the biggest challenge I feel for what we're doing is, is how do the new MPIs be happening now? These new concepts, the R&D, the startup companies building these new devices – they need components. They need 10, 20, they don't need thousands. They need, they need just to build today. And they can't even get those off the shelf to build their new gadgets because of there's no, there's no stock. And that's also delaying um, innovation. Absolutely. But, but, you know, you just read that. I don't think we've ever been more in, a, in, a, in a headlines of major publications than, than ever before. Right? Talking about semiconductor industry in general, you see headlines like, you know, Ford trying to, now design their own chips through through global foundries, right? And 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 all of these things happening that like we can't even rely anymore on on your tier one you know, vendors uh, when it comes to the OEM standpoint to, to deliver chips on time because the unknown is so big. And I think this is where we that's the issue we're really trying to solve uh, sooner than later because because there's a big gap, big need of 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 trans, of a very large. Uh, impactful transitioning industry, right? From the old way of sourcing uh, to, to democratizing data and, and putting all of the in, in, a, in a technology stack that can that can help people improve upon the business processes in general. Uh, you know, massive gaps. I, I, I really see no indication on our side yet. And if somebody can see, I believe we can of, of any uh, yeah. uh, shortage uh, uh, improvement i think still, we're still in the middle of it uh, but the moment we we start seeing some some things i'm definitely gonna come back and let you know <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so yeah i i will um yeah definitely because that uh, overall it's um letting i mean it, it's hard because everybody asks me the same question what do you predict what's going on well from our customers demand the suppliers the manufacturers Nothing has improved. Again, there's small sectors. Some things have delivered. But again, there's stock delivering that was ordered a year ago today. So some customers are getting parts. But once that stock is depleted, you got to wait. Their lead times are 30 to 50 weeks. And then like, okay, we have to get more. And that that's the, ca the, the, the causation is that is crazy inflation because the pricing goes up or the gray market or whatever it is to produce. Because again, we're in a technology race that first to market wins market share. That's the biggest challenge we face too. Is a lot of big companies they need to get first to market to get the market share. If they can't, they have this great product, but they can't to market. They're going to lose market share, which loses earnings and all these processes. Of course, 
And these big public companies, again, we know we've been seeing it because it's all over the news every quarter or it's a downturn. They can't. There's inflation. Oh, revenue's gone up. But bottom line's gone down because of inflation costs, labor issues. I mean, I mean, top line goes up. There's more sales. But for them to do more sales, it's costing them because everything is going up in price. And that inflation, I think, is here to stay. We just have to live with it. Uh, for now and then it's just getting the you know the labor and the challenge and also supply chain of bringing some of the ship maker manufacturing back to the states and bringing that again that's all possible but it's going to take and that's going to take one to two years it's going to take three to five years for that to even to come online um and it, it's it's i love to what well, it can happen tomorrow but it, it just doesn't happen no and i i, I would agree with the, you know in, inflation standpoint i recently just you know personally i sold my car and i couldn't believe what price I was offered for my car. Two years ago, I I just looked into it kind of, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, they gave me an okay, fair price. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, 30,000 miles later, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, the price I received in my car was like, three years later was just, wow. Like, it was more really, than it was two years ago. Yeah. Way more, way yeah, more. Yeah. I, I ended up selling my car because I just, I just couldn't, uh, I just couldn't resist the urge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, th that really speaks to that point of, of, you know, the prices are going up and everything's going up. And, and, and uh, when we settle, are we going to settle? Where are we going to settle? Right. And this is this is a really interesting topic to, to you know, a separate topic we can talk sure. about for a few hours. Uh, when we settle, where are we going to be? But it, you, you look at it and it's and it's really interesting to, to, to us in particular to, to analyze and, 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 and understand you know, where are we going to end up, how are we going to end up, where we currently sit, and how we can improve upon the current processes to, to make things happen more effectively. You know, today you look at it, a lot of these OEMs are displacing tier ones, right? This is where tier two component manufacturers in general can have major market share uh, shifts. So if, if you have a product that's going to deliver the same way uh, that the tier one product does, and you have more availability. And I think it's going to be easier than ever now to design in and out a, 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 a product. Uh, it'll be very interesting to me to track, which we which we do internally uh, through through our um, uh, analytics, is to see the increase in demand for uh, component manufacturers that you traditionally consider to be tier two or yeah. tier three, as a matter of fact, uh, it, you know, two years ago and today, if I were to call somebody a tier two component supplier, I don't think I'll call him a tier two supplier today anymore. And, and, and you know, and there's some numerous examples of that I could show you in our data analytics. Like, look at the name for this product, right? You hit a point there. It's the democratization of components because there was a monopoly. A lot of the M&A happening, a lot of the semiconductors companies buying each other, a lot of companies acquiring, getting smaller, and it's becoming it was a company a monopoly. And I think this is a disruption that was needed. Uh, there are more companies, tier two, tier threes, are coming up to the market. They're not creating just the monopoly where all the companies are just buying each other to get market share. Because again, these public companies they buy each other to get more market share, more foothold, more technology. Instead of building it out, like we'll just buy this company. But today, there's a lot of these small guys are taking some percentage away and building themselves up to level the playing field, level the playing field. This is, again, there is top tier one technology that's very innovative, but in the industrial world, this basic consumer beat it. It's there's, there's just components. It's not, it's not an IP it's generic. 
And so anybody can make the from the wafers, the standard, and the you know, we can get all into that too. But overall, it is, it's not a you know, it's not something that is IP-based. So a lot of companies can get into it. Um, but again, it comes to the point of having standard items, the non-standard, and trying to take that market share, right? Because uh, I think a lot of companies realize that I don't want to create a non-standard item anymore. That non-standard has hit me in the in the, bit me in the butt, and uh, I can't get it for a year, and no other person wants to make it because there's NRE costs, I mean, engineering costs to make it, and all these things. Look at it from this perspective. Uh, there's only certain um, level of of cars and airplanes and high-tech toys, right, uh, that need to be high-tech, they're new. But what is the percentage of the production globally that's still using the standard, you know, product that's not a you know, new product, that it's not an MPI that needs to be used in that application? Yes, there's definitely a massive need. That's how we progress as a society, right? We continue to innovate. We continue to put new products out that, you know, advance technologically. However, there's only a certain segment of, of, of production volume globally that needs, needs to use an MPI technology. Majority of it still uses the product that are in a prime life cycle status. Uh, hence, uh, that's what you see the major shift in demand of, of, of market share. Yes, you're going to still hear news about, you know, this company says acquire this organization. However, I think recently uh, I've heard more uh, news uh, about, hey, this tier one supplier adding more space. I mean, just look at it here in Texas where I sit. Uh, just you know, 30 miles from me, uh, there's a massive $17 billion facility coming in. You see, uh, you know, uh, up in Dallas, uh, another tier one component manufacturer investing 30 billion into their new production facility. I'm hearing a lot more uh, about opening new facilities and, 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 you know, increasing production more so than this company has acquired this. Yes, but not to the extent of, of we need to pick up our own uh, production volumes for the standard parts we make because they're in everything these days. Legacy products are the most demanded in the market right now. And you just like you hit it nail on the head, a lot of people are expanding for, for new technology. And I think they, they did a whole study. I think there's only 10 to 15% of those big budgets that are spent for legacy product expansion. The rest is for new technology. And that's where the air is because, again, the new technology has more, I would, again, it's for profit, more margin in it. Legacy products have gone out. And that's the biggest in any industry, that's what it comes to be. Legacy products are still used. The capacity coming online is still not going to meet that demand if there's more. Of course, there will be an inflection point in the years ahead where new technology comes in and takes the market share. But overall, it's, it's, it's really changed. But but to bring this to an end, a question I have for you is what what is your insights? I mean, the we've talked about the future. What do you think supply chain? But really, what what is your um, your next couple of years out? What do you see really the the change of what is in the forefront of the roadmap for all team and Octopark? You know, I, I think we, we've really set uh, the, the, the product suite we're coming out with uh, is, is something we already tackled, you know, last year. So I think the next couple of years are really going to be focused. And I think we're really well suited in position to continue to innovate in the space where we already kicked off last year. Right. Forming strategic business units within Altium uh, and, and, and really trying to position ourselves as, as the global leader in knowledge and technology, uh, you know, improving upon API processes and, and, and really implementing our API into as many uh, places as, as, as 
possible, you know, given the demand. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we came up with uh, with the Altium 365 product during the pandemic, right? That itself was extremely innovative. There was no other product in the industry that had a, a you know, printed circuit board uh, design solution sitting in the cloud. Right? Altium 365 fully sits in a cloud where engineer can sit anywhere in the world and just log in and bring their uh, design into the cloud environment and work on it. Uh, so, so the next couple of years, I think for us are really going to to, to be a continuation of, of what we started, uh, improved uh, processes about democratizing data from, from design to manufacturing, as we touched upon at the beginning of this conversation, uh, and, and helping people at every stage within any department of any organization use data to their standpoint, which traditionally we haven't done. So I think that's new, it's innovative and really, really positions us in, in, as, as a leader in, in, a, in a space where, where we can you know, consult, yeah. really help people consult them in the right direction. I'm excited, Nemanja. Again, it's always amazing to talk to you, and you guys are doing some amazing things with data and data intelligence that's really helping um, help the supply chain and help the electronics world. And I really thank to you guys for what you guys are doing. And again, there's there's leaders and companies like yourselves that are making a difference. And I really appreciate what you guys do, and uh, look forward to work, talking to you, and working with you more. Absolutely, you know, happy happy to be. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, I look forward to to see what the next couple of years is going to bring to us. So, till yeah. next time. Until next time, bye-bye, my friend. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye.